0: Welcome to Broker to Broker, brought to you by AIM, the Association of Independent Mortgage Experts. If you haven't listened yet, Broker to Broker dives into the nitty gritty of the mortgage business by interviewing independent brokers and loan originators just like me. Hope you enjoy the show. Today's episode is brought to you by Power TPO. Power TPO is all about you and your success. They offer aggressive pricing, hands on service, and a winning attitude. Power TPO has the knowledge and TPO experience you need to get the job done. They realize that no loan is the same and have created a process that is simple and flexible to meet your needs. Lastly, there wouldn't be a Power TPO without you. They really do believe the people, process, and partners equals power. Learn how Power TPO gives you and your borrowers a winning edge. Get connected today by logging into the AIM member portal at brokersarebetter.com. All right, welcome back everyone to another edition of the Broker to Broker podcast. My name is Mark Summers. I am a mortgage broker of 20 plus years, uh, I have my own shop here in Michigan uh, called Priority Mortgage Lending. I uh, love this crazy business, but I'm also very proud to say that I'm the AIM President of Membership. Uh, today, it's it's uh, we're doing something a little different today and hopefully it all works out well, uh, but we got a call and uh, my son was invited to go play, he's in high school, was invited to go play uh, at Notre Dame, University of Notre Dame. So. Me and Ethan, have uh, we've rescheduled this about three times. I'm like, you know what? i got to get this podcast in because it's going to be really, really interesting. So I'm in the car, actually. But uh, we're going to have a little fun with this. Uh, I'm sure everything will work out fine. Um, I've I've always been told I have a face for radio. So anyone that's really not watching, this is not a big deal. But today, I'm going to be interviewing a mortgage broker at One Stop Financial Group, and his name is Ethan Ho. Ethan, thanks for joining us today.
1: Yeah, thank you, Mark.
0: Yeah, no, uh, so... Ethan's going to give us a little background because he has a unique background, which, like I said, I I don't think we've ever had this perspective before. So I'm very, very curious to see how this goes. Uh, But, Ethan, if you don't mind, tell us your background. Tell us how you got in this industry and tell us kind of what you're doing now.
1: Yeah, Okay. So, um, I mean, basically how I got into the Morgan industry, um, I kind of stumbled into it. I feel like like a lot of us kind of do. Um, I was studying uh, at Western Michigan University um, and I was going to go to law school Um, in my junior year is when I changed my mind. Um, I did an internship at a lobbying firm, Uh, did not enjoy it. And then I had a couple friends that were at um, uh, University of Michigan Law School and they were like, hey, you're not like 120 to 200% like into this, you know, you should reconsider. Um, so it was around like, yeah, my junior, senior year where I was like, okay, I'm at like an 80%. Um, I don't think I want to do it. So like when I, when I graduated, it was kind of funny because I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Um, I interviewed, I grew up in Camelot, so I interviewed, um, at a company, at a company over there. Um, didn't get the job. And then I started looking outside Camazoo and I, um, found United wholesale mortgage. Uh, I just typed in recent grads. Um, and at the time they were doing, uh, this was like 2016. So they were doing like, uh, underwriting classes. So I went there, interviewed, nailed the interview. Um, they're like, yeah, you can start next week. So I like hurried up, got an apartment over, um, On the other side of the state and um i went through their uh i don't remember how many weeks it was but it was maybe like eight to ten weeks like underwriting like boot camp thing um so i started out as an underwriter uh in 2016 and then um you know i got my government license um, did that for quite a while up until october of last year so October 2022 is when I decided I wanted to make the switch. And I'd kind of been thinking about making the switch to um, the, you know, the broker, the front end side for a while. Um, so I've been, I've been uh, now doing that since January, February. Um, and it worked out really well because I, from my time at UWM I developed like a lot of really good relationships because you know, they're underwriters. They talk on the phone to the brokers um, all the time. So you're always like building a lot of those relationships. So I was actually able to call a lot of those old um, business associates um, because I worked there till like about 2019. So even though I hadn't talked to like some of these these guys in a while, um, they still remembered who I was. And I went around a few different shops and finally settled um, with uh, Jason Glass at One Stop Financial. So been, um. Been uh, broker since, probably January, February.
0: That's awesome, yeah. And for people that don't know, Jason, Jason is a huge supporter, huge friend of AIM. So uh, he helps me out with Success Track quite a bit. So I just want to give him a quick shout out. Uh, appreciate everything he does, and obviously he got a good one with you. So,
1: yeah. <laughs> being
0: being an underwriter and hopping into this side of the business, I mean, was it? eye-opening was it easier for you was it more or less like oh i understand why these brokers sometimes act this way or what (laughs) what was your feedback right when it happened
1: um so i have a lot to say on that subject Uh, (laughs) um but like i mean it was awesome because like for me i i really like uh talking to people and being on the phone I, i i loved that uh when i when i was there like we had like key accounts and like i got to build relationships with people and like every once in a while they'd like get shuffled and you have like that that like kind of like bittersweet like goodbye call with the broker you've just been working with for um you know a while because now like you might not work their loans as much or anything but it actually it's really awesome because that's how i was able to get you know to start um and hit the ground running with with one stop because I already knew Jason, and we worked together on you know a ton of loans. Um, so, I kind of, uh, I would say like it, it was definitely an eye opener for like um, just how much uh, the client's like borrower side facing client surface client service can can be different because you know you're you're obviously trying to give exceptional service to brokers in a wholesale, um, when you're working at a wholesale lender, um, but you're not having to talk to the actual borrower. Um, I had worked at a couple other lenders where, um, I was more on the front face of things, um, even more so. And that's kind of what, like towards the end of 2022, like being able to talk to people and like help them actually like buy like, you know, their first home and stuff like that having those conversations like that's kind of really where I was like, man, I want to be like, I want to be the front face. I don't want to be on the back end anymore. I want to be, uh, you know, talking to the, to the, um, basically like the end user, you know, like the, the buyer themselves. Um, so it was really cool. The hard part, like the easy part for me is the, the loans and the mortgages and like all that stuff super easy. Cause I know the guidelines like the back of my hand submit to a lender I used to work for like I know how their underwriters think like um you know I know all that stuff the probably the hardest part was like um le- just learning how to market myself and how to do yeah. sales cuz like I never even had like social media until last year I just was like I it's not for me you don't really like it and now it's like you know I'm all over that stuff trying to get my name out there and um yeah so that was definitely like I'd never thought of like, you know, what is my brand? Um, or like, you know, what, what can I do today that will make people like recognize me or like, where are these like sales opportunities, you know, just going to the store or like whatever. Um, so that was all like, (laughs) it's like a whole new world. Um, but the mortgage is stuff that it's been really smooth. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, good. Either. And like, I, so many, I can, I
0: got so many questions going through my head for you, but keep
1: going. <laughs> now, I was going to say, like, um, some of the things that like made it really easy is like, so as an underwriter, um, I was underwriting, you know, somewhere between like 10 to 15 loans a day. If there's like, you get usually get like production like incentive and stuff like that. Sometimes I'm there for a long time and I'm doing a ton of loans. So you see a lot of different scenarios, like a lot of different stuff. And there's like an LO, you know, it's like, you're obviously like, you're taking a lot of pre approvals and you're asking a lot of different things and seeing the loans, seeing like being on the side where it's like, you get a broker who submits something and it's like, what did you do just throw this against the wall? And you have to spend time on the phone trying to like, fix it and then you have to call them, be like, what's going on here? Asking those questions. Being able to take all of that knowledge into like how I do my 1003s and my pre-approvals and like vetting the borrower, it's like um that has like helped immensely because now when I submit it, the underwriter doesn't have any questions. They're not they're not wondering like, well, where the heck did this come from? Where the heck what is this other income that you know is just labeled other and it's like seven hundred bucks a month. There's no idea where it's coming from. Um and just, you know, like talking to realtors and they're like, oh, could this work? Could this work? Having seen right. the loans that do work and having to figure out how to make them work, um, you know, it helps instill trust. It helps tremendously in, in making the loan process smooth. Um, I will say, like, another thing that I probably took over immediately was just, like, the communication because... When you're when you're giving service to somebody and you have to tell them their loan's being denied and that's their paycheck or you know trying to figure out a problem that they didn't foresee and like you know they that's their that loan used to close for the the l o to get paid and you know the realtors getting on them and all that kind of stuff you can like you can be you can tune into those things and give service but like you really don't know what it's like until you do it yourself um yep. so being able to like being able to be on both sides has really given me like a unique perspective of like the, the teamwork that goes on. Cause the most, when I was an underwriter, the most successful brokers I worked with were the LOs that came in and they never raised their voice. They never argued. They never said, they never accused the underwriter of like not knowing something, you know, it was problem solving. Okay. Something comes up, we problem solve instead. So I brought that over too in the, into my business where it's, it's always teamwork it's always problem solving there's no arguing I missed something I missed something that underwriters asking something that I don't think they need how do we fix that it's not no accusations nothing like that
0: yeah it's a team it's a it's a team effort at that point and you know I've I've heard and I've seen horror stories of people just getting after underwriters and support staff and it doesn't do anything all it does is make the problem worse and oh it definitely it, it, just, it does
1: And it's like, you know, I've I've been on I've been on those calls where it's like, you know, something's wrong with the income VOE or something. And it's like the broker gets really emotional and it's it doesn't it never solves anything screaming at someone on the other end of the line. Like. I think maybe sometimes people don't realize that it's like. Sure, the underwriter is making decisions and they want to use common sense to make those decisions, but they also have to make sure that the loan can be sold and sometimes they don't have as much leeway as the broker might think in making those decisions and i think sometimes like i would get some people that thought it was like a personal thing and it's like it's not personal it's 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 personal for the lo um but the underwriter you know they they can't risk you know they make a mistake and then their loan quality drops and they might get fired or they cost their company a ton of money. It's it's a lot of pressure both ways. And I think when people start to understand that, um, and the reasoning behind what they're asking, then the teamwork can be a lot better than a, than a us versus them mentality.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Like I, and, and I've told people this because, you know, I, I handle, Most or try to handle most of the escalations, you know, at Abe and stuff, and just trying to talk to some of these brokers, and you know, they're they're one of me. They do get emotional about it, and some don't, some do. Yeah, we need to figure out. We need to figure out what we can do here to try to salvage this. And in and in my eyes, and you may disagree because you were one of them, but the best underwriters instead of saying sorry, this income doesn't work per se, it might just be like okay, we need to figure out how to get this income to work.
1: Exactly. and no and you're exactly right. Those are the best underwriters, the ones that are problem solving. It shouldn't be like there shouldn't be a this doesn't work, you know, said until you've tried everything. You right. know, and it's like you got to get creative sometimes. You got to got to have a maybe a tough conversation with one or two people, but um it's you know, at the end of the day, nobody's getting paid until the loan closes and it's got to be like it's gotta be a team effort of problem solving. Um, and it, I, and I try my best, like using the underwriting knowledge. Like I make sure, like I pre underwrite the file before I even send it in. Like, I don't, I I don't like there to be, yeah, I don't don't like, I
0: don't think you're throwing anything in the system saying hope it works.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like I don't, I don't want there to be any surprises, um, with anything bar related. Can't control the property. Uh, try to do it as much as I can, but, um, yeah, and like I think you know, if you do your vetting properly and you set the proper expectations, um, there really shouldn't be much surprises. Obviously, there's going to be things outside of your control. People like to switch jobs without telling you, or something like that, or lose their job, or or you know maybe they. I had, oh, it's like I had a I had a guy who I asked him like three or four times, you know, do you own any other property on title for any other property, blah blah, and they just. They don't tell you until after five times, oh, yeah, I do actually own something else. So there's things, you know, you got to try your best to get that information out of them. Um, but there's always things that are going to come up. And when those things do come up, it's it's hard not to get emotional. But you you got to approach it with a, a team effort, not not accusations of, oh, you don't know what you're doing or whatever. And then and when because when you especially when you turn up the pressure like that on a phone call, like the underwriter isn't they're less likely to they're less likely to be able to solve that issue on the fly with you if you're get if everyone's getting heated, you know, but if you're staying yeah. calm and talking through things together, um, it's gonna be way more productive
0: all right. So with being an underwriter for you know eight plus years, when you're talking to clients, prospective clients, are you a little bit more. Loosey goosey on things. Cause you know how to maybe get around certain items or are you more conservative on things? Cause you, you know, you know what can happen at the end?
1: Oh, um, so for, for, uh, like specifically for income, I am not loosey goosey at all. I will ask every question that I can. Um, I'll explain how all the calculations are done. I'll explain like what documentation I need. Um, when it comes to like, uh, credit, I'm the same way. Um, when it comes to assets, I'm a little more loosey goosey. Um, cause I try to, th- I like, I think, you know, several steps ahead. Okay. This is where the EMD is coming from. This is when you paid it out. This is, um, how much money you have in your retirement, like all this kind of stuff. And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm making sure that I'm asking for the right documentation and not too much. Um, cause I want to like, I want to get, I want to get all of the stuff that I know is pertinent while they're excited about it and not, you know, three weeks later when they're not excited about it. Um, And I'm, I think at the beginning, I kind of over explained things to, uh, to borrowers. Um, And now I've kind of learned more of where that fine line is like, okay, I'm going to talk big picture about like um, these uh, credit income assets. I'm going to explain like the risk associated with like why, why am I looking for something that's, you know, over 50% of your qualifying income deposited into your bank account? Or like, why am I averaging your overtime instead of just like showing one pay stub and saying, this is how much I get. Like, I try to explain that stuff on a high level. Um, and I'm, I'm usually try to get my income as tight as possible. Um, cause I don't want there to be any surprises with, uh, qualifying ratios. Um, yeah, and then like assets, uh, I think there's there's just a lot more, a lot more stuff you can do with that. Um, but when I'm having the, I think the conversations I'm having, I'm able to, I'm able to, kind of really instill that trust with explaining how it works, and then explaining like maybe one or two scenarios, not not too many scenarios because you may confuse the borrower, but one or two scenarios like of if this then we can do this workaround if this then we can try this instead um and i found that to be really helpful cuz you know i'm thinking like okay the underwriter is going to see this and then the next time you submit it they're you know these are the questions they could ask and i'm already having them like um i'm already having them write up like a letter even though i you know i even as an underwriter i i don't like letters of explanation at all or feel good stuff Oh, you don't No. oh no 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 i stay away from that stuff i never that's the thing right is like you should be able to use common sense and like the letter is not going to be telling you anything that you don't already know in my opinion (laughs) um so i i think that
0: i think that was kind of (laughs) shocking because most people see this is what i wanted to get to i wanted to get to one of these mind-blowing things for us where most people are like write as many letters as you can explain everything. And you're more or less like, no, no,
1: no. And that's the thing. Right. So I've, I've had in uh, in my underwriting career, I've worked at a couple different lenders and you know, things, I've had wildly different experiences from what the underwriting managers like wanted at different places. And like, it wasn't until probably I was at a credit union and it was like, we just, we did not, we did not get letters. And it was like, if you're the underwriter you're you should be able to tell like the uh, like the loan story like you're kind of explaining what's happening to the investors and if you can explain it why do you need this letter there's some things you know that it's like okay we want the borrower to write this down so that we're like they're they're attesting to this um but a lot of the stuff and i think most most lenders i work for they say they try to get away you know from like the feel good stuff um but when i'm presenting a loan to when I'm submitting it myself, like, I try to make sure, like, what would I question? Like, what would I, you know, I'm thinking about underwriting it myself and I'm getting all of that stuff out of the way. Um, right. But yeah, no, I don't like letters of explanation. <laughs>
0: <laughs> See, there we go. That's, that's the mind blown thing. I was waiting for something. All right. Yeah. <laughs> so number, number, number two here is with your experience, you th- do you feel like you take on tougher deals because you know, these guidelines like the back of your hand.
1: Um, but I would say so. Yeah. I mean, I, I can confidently tell like, you know, realtors or buyers, like if I can make this work or not. And I, I always tell them I'm not going to lie to them. I'm not going to tell them yes. Um, if I can't, um, and yeah, I've, it's been, you know, honestly, one of my, one of my things is like asking for people like, okay, what loans have you denied out, had denied out and why let me take a look at them and let me work some magic for you. Um, really, really trying to leverage that underwriting knowledge. Cause you know, some, sometimes it is just like, got to be a little creative with the ratios or you got to um, maybe it was a waiting period thing. Who knows? Like so many different things that it could be. Um, but yeah, I, I will definitely try to do something that either hasn't worked out or like, you know, a realtor tells me, Oh, I have a complicated investor. He's got like a bunch of different businesses, a bunch of different REOs. So I'm like, well, perfect. I'm an expert on those things. I know how to analyze tax returns. I know how to do all the income calculation. I know all the the real estate owned stuff you got to do. I know all the rental income. Um, so that's really. um, Yeah, I mean, that's helped out a lot because, you know, they give you you show them that you can do that, you know, and then you you um, you show them that you can obviously handle the the cake, too.
0: That's awesome. So one thing you brought up was your branding. And now that I'm thinking about this, before we get into, like, your process and procedures, because I'm sure everyone wants to know, like, okay, if he's a former underwriter, how, what's his process and procedure on submitting your everything? But before we do that, when it talks about your branding, do you let people know, or is that your pitch that, hey, I used to be an underwriter?
1: Yeah, that's one of my main selling points. Um, When I'm talking to to realtors is like, look, I underwrote. Um, for like you know several different lenders, I was top producer. Like I had great LQ. Like I go through the whole thing. I explain to them like why that matters because that means I'm gonna take a good 1003. That means your borrower's not gonna have any surprises. That means I understand like why we're asking for those things. And when it, when it, like if an underwriter does come back and ask for something that's like frustrating, like I can explain why they need it. Um, and I've had that happen where it's like, you know, uh, sometimes some, some borrowers, you know, they're, they're more laid back than others. And it's, I've had, I've definitely had that happen where it's like, okay, oh, we need to bring this. And it's like, um, yeah, okay. Well, here's why when it's like, uh, something with like the appraisal or like the title or like the, the appraisal comes in like low and like, we're looking at comps and stuff like that. And I'm able to actually explain like well, here's what the appraiser looked at to like get the value and everything. And it like, it, once you can kind of get things to make sense to them on a high level, um, yep. you know, things are going to go a lot more smoothly. And a lot of that, I would say like a lot of that experience just comes from having to explain stuff to brokers. Um, but also having, having ha- had gone through an actual formal class and having had Um, underwriting explained to me, because like a lot of people, you know, everyone can look up the guidelines and everyone can read them. Um, Right. But when you have someone like when you actually sit down and take a class and they explain like the reasoning behind it, um, you start to see like how different things are connected and, you know, the why behind things. And, you know, like when I graduated, I didn't even like I didn't know anything about mortgages. They don't teach you that in high school or like college, really like (laughs) and it's like going from someone who knew nothing about it to being able to deny or approve a mortgage application, I'm able to explain, um, I'm able to take some of those harder concepts and explain them very easily to, to borrowers, which is how I try to present myself with my branding is like, you know, um, education focused and like, well, so to like, to the, to buyers themselves I, I really try to you know say like hey i'm going to be here like if they if they want a hand holder i'm going to be holding their hand if they don't need it you know maybe they're experienced investor this they're not a first time home buyer um they don't need it but i'm going to lead with education and and uh, communication um and then like for realtors yeah definitely explaining like the underwriting side and how um how doing how properly vetting things how i can tell you for sure. Yeah. This is going to work when I, when I give you a pre-approval instead of like, oh yeah, yeah, we, we, we can make that work. It's, I can give them a confident answer. Um, and usually like I, I'm i able to help out realtors with a lot of their questions too. You know, someone throws me a scenario my way, I'm going to get it done for them. Um, they have a question about, you know, some sort of like property question. I'm, if I don't know it, I tell them, Hey, I'm going to look this up and get back to you. Um, another thing I learned from underwriting, you know, it's, okay to tell people you don't know, but you're going to look it up. Yep. And if you know the right places to look, you can do it pretty, pretty quickly.
0: Yeah. Yep. No. And, and I think that's huge. I mean, the fact that you can go in under, you know, with underwriting under your belt, especially to realtors and even to, you know, home buyers and, and, and just consumers. I mean, gosh, I, that, that is absolutely huge. And, and I think you said something there that really, that really resonated with me. Um, you know, after speaking to so many lenders and seeing their, their backend operations, it's why does this all connect? Why did you have to do this to get to this point? You know, cause there's probably 90 other systems working on the back end that put it all together for you. It's not just, it's not just one instance. It's not just, Oh, well, I submitted a ten o three right now. There's a reason why all these have to connect. And there's a reason why, uh, you know, there's, as we always say, there's a hundred pieces of the puzzle and you just got to figure out how to put it together.
1: Yeah. And, 100 percent and i think it's important that like you know if you're an underwriter i think it's important that you also know what's going on in closing and what's going on at the front end with the importing and what's what's like i've worked at i've worked at companies where i underwrote the whole file front to finish did the closings and i worked at places where it's like very segmented and you only handle like a little bit and like i prefer having the entire thing and looking at things from a big picture Um, and as, as the loan officer, you're you are handling the whole thing. Like you should be from start to finish hands-on, hands-on with, with, with the mortgage. Um, one of the things I do is I like, um, I start like group chats with everyone involved, like immediately. And I like like that. I
0: like that a lot.
1: Yeah. And, and like, make sure that like realtors on board um with everything that you know that we're doing when we're submitting it, when we got the approval, if we need updates, um making sure that you know the the buyers and the realtors are also talking to each other. Um because I you know I've had the opposite too where it's like nobody's nobody's talking um even when I you know try to get them going. But um yeah it works better when you know when everybody's everybody's on the same page.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. But I, I do like I do like that group chat thing, um, you know, where I, the last few people I've spoke to, they've, they've really started doing that, you know, whether it's a full-blown text message, whether it's just this email communication, whatever it is, group chatting and getting everyone on the same page. Because that's the number one complaint I think realtors, borrowers, hell, mortgage brokers always have is, I don't know what's going on over here, but if you put everyone on yeah. the same page, it's easy.
1: Yeah, and like, even like, So I've, I kind of always worked like throughout high school and college, I was mostly in like customer facing roles too, um, not all of my jobs, but like a lot of them client service. Um, but it wasn't until like underwriting where it was like, you know, you're picking up the phone every single time you are like over communicating everything because I don't want, like when I was underwriting, I never wanted the broker to call me and be like, what the heck? like what is this right. and why you know so i'm I'm leaving a voicemail I'm following up with the email I'm explaining why I'm asking for this I'm explaining why we need it um <laughs> and like sometimes I would overexplain and I'd be like you know here's like several steps you can take and what I might ask you know so but it's like um sometimes I' just uh <laughs> over explain a little bit too much but um I'm trying to give them you know like the sense of like what I'm thinking and why, and then like what we can do going forward. And from doing that for several years, bringing, that's really helped me in the LO sphere too. Like, um, you know, telling the borrowers like the same thing and kind of tiptoeing that line between like too much info, and not enough. Um, trying to like hit that sweet spot with like, like I said earlier, like one or two different scenarios and, and what could happen and what to be prepared for. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay, so with your processes and procedures you have. Tell, tell me real quick, what's your guys' tech stack over there? What do you guys use?
1: What it, um so we use like for our LOS, we have Arrive um and then we have like our CRM, Bonzo is that what you're asking? Yes,
0: yes. So yep, yep.
1: Yes, yeah, so we have we have a CRM. Um we have um our app intake on arrive and then i have it set up on my phone um as well and um kind of for like process um i take my like i take my laptop and my phone like everywhere like i always want to be accessible um and i will i will utilize like the crm for like all like organizational tasks and like time tasks um i think like when i was underwriting i kind of when I started, it was like, okay, here's the best way to go through a loan. It would be like, I personally would always do like credit, then income, then assets, then property, credit, income, assets, property, credit, income, like every single time, always do that. Um, sometimes, you know, you wouldn't have all that stuff in the submission, but like always the same thing. I, even, I actually had like a sticky note for like the first, like, I don't know, year. And I would always just like, look at that. Cause like, sometimes you get, sometimes you get in a file and it's like, this guy has like 27 businesses and like 50 houses. And it's like, <laughs> you know, and then like you, you're all of a sudden he owes out money. All of a sudden there's a divorce and all of a sudden like um, you find out that like, Oh, I don't know. Something's going on with this credit and like foreclosures or whatever. Like, so you have like all these things and you're like, I got to get this, this is this, this. And so you'd kind of like get lost in like the, the noise um, in like going back to like my little sticky note, like boom, 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 boom. Yep. This is what I'm doing. Um, and that would help with like my, that helped a lot with like my production. That's how I was able to like continually always increase like, um, well at EWM they have like commitment. So it's like, I would always increase how much I was doing. Um, every, my commit would go up based on like the average. Um, so I was always able to increase like what I could commit to for producing. And then, um, like that's how, like eventually you like. more production going because your process gets more refined and more refined it's not until you really have one down um that you you start seeing you start seeing those numbers take off and um i would think once i got once i got a little more experience i'm able to like deviate from that because you got to also think of like all the other things you're handling during the day you know phone calls emails whatever different cues like all this kind of stuff so as the workflow kind of progresses. Um, and you get more comfortable with it. I was able to like deviate more to make it fit my day. And that's, I brought a lot of that over into, um, into, into the LL sphere. I like, when I started out, I was kind of the same way. like, okay, I'm going to try a couple different, like, at first I was trying like daily tasks. Um, and I eventually switched over to weekly tasks. Um, because I would, you have to like to balance like how much can i realistically get done today on my plate with like meetings like phone calls emails here i got to do this pre-approval i got to go through these documents all this kind of stuff um being being available having you know uh impromptu stuff that you come up you know that you didn't have time for so you want to keep a little bit of that time available for those things um but yeah it wasn't until i kind of had like a weekly kind of like uh like cycle really that I go through. Like every Monday I do this, every Tuesday I do this, every Wednesday I do this, and it keeps you on track, keeps you productive. Um and when it comes down to the loan app, like I do the same thing every time. Like I'm talking I have an initial conversation with uh with the borrower, uh kind of get I get an idea of what they want on a big trick big picture level. Uh, what are they doing right now? What are they looking to do with this transaction? What are they looking to do in the next couple of years? What do they do for work? What is, you know, what does their credit history look like over the last few years? What, you know, what, it, you know, ha- has foreclosure bankruptcies ever happened? Are you like in the middle of divorce? Like all these kind of things. Um, I try to have a really quick conversation with them so I can get an idea of what's going on. Um, fill out the 1003 with them. Um, sometimes I'll just, quick take notes, um, while I'm on the phone, it depends on like how complicated the situation is. Um, I like arrive cause I send them like the little app. It is super convenient. They can do it on their phone. Um, I always tell them like, you know, it's pretty straightforward, but like, don't worry about like getting exact numbers on there. I'll take care of that for you. Cause after, after they fill it out, that's when I'm going to, um, depending like on the scenario, like, you know, if it's, paste up W2. I'm going to just get that stuff right up immediately when I'm talking to them. Like if it's more complicated, like, like some, be surprised. Sometimes people don't even know how they, they structure their own business. So like sometimes like it's highly situationally dependent, but I always try to get big picture, then documents. Um, I go through all the documents income first, um, to make sure, you know, here's the price point that you can even be looking at. Um I always do um I always do like the the soft poll if their credits lower. Um if it's like I would say if it's yeah, anything lower than a six fifty, I'm gonna do like a soft poll. Um before before I actually do a hard pull. Um because usually, you know, in our conversation, usually what comes out is like, oh I have had lates, so oh I've had blah blah and they might be looking at a house already that, you know, they might not be able to get all that kind of stuff. So I I try to be really, very, very thorough. Um, and I kind of, um, sometimes like, like if they don't know, I try to ask like leading questions. Like, you know, I had a guy the other day. He's like, I don't know if I have an 1120 S or like a schedule C and it's like, okay, well when you fill out your tax returns, do you, is it just like a one page form and on your personals, you know, that kind of stuff. And it's like, kind of starts to make sense to him and um, I, you're like okay how long has it been business okay well then we're gonna need two years did you file this year blah blah, blah. all that kind of stuff um, so I'll get all that set um, I will go over like their plan for their down payment I'll go over their plan for um, sources of the funds I'll go over like you know what investments do they have they have in retirement I'll go over all that good stuff. Um, I'll go over like, you know, plans for next five years, how long they're trying to stay in the home. Um, if they're trying to sell what they're going to do with it. Um, I do all that stuff. And then I also try to look up, like, um, usually go with like an estimate for the taxes, but I will try to, I will try, I will go on the County website. I'll get the tax certificate myself. Um, especially for like tighter deals. Um, so I, I'm very, very thorough before I even send it That's before I even send it over to my processor. I'm doing all that, and then uh, like once it's all. Well,
0: sounds it sounds like it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and then it sounds time consuming, but it's uh, like for me, it's not. It's pretty easy. Um, I can I just even do I just do all the like the uh, any type of ad averaging stuff. Just use calculator and notes. I don't use like any income calculators online or anything like that. it's funny because <laughs> it's funny because like the other, um, I had a I had one of the other LOs in my shop. He's like, "Hey, can you, what would you get for this? Like, what income would you get for this VOE?" And he sends it over to me, and like I like type it out, and I'm like, I type out the math, and I type out why the math worked that way. Like, oh, we're averaging it this year because of this, blah blah. blah. And it's like this whole like little like paragraph like with totals like bolded and everything, and it's like he emails me back he's like huh it makes so much more sense when you explain it like that <laughs> 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 I'm well, like yeah I because totally. he probably I mean, like
0: yeah,
1: you, you know what happens a lot is like maybe he sent it to the underwriter and they just like gave him a number you know it's like you gotta like, and now he understands why yeah. i'm using those numbers and then you know he explained that to like his client and everything and yeah so definitely very thorough in the That's process cool. um that way, you know, that way there's no there are no surprises when it comes to the bar themselves, because like they they know exactly um, they're on the same page as me with what they're qualifying for. And yep. they've told me their, you know, their history for whatever um, scenario that is coming up, because um, we don't. Yeah, we, we do not like surprises. <laughs>
0: no surprises. Surprises are not good um so we're we, listen i've taken up so much of your time ethan it's unbelievable and i and i really appreciate everything here we could probably do a four-part series on these if you're on my
1: i know it's funny because <laughs> i'm realizing like as this is going on i'm re- realizing like how much more i have to say about different stuff <laughs> Oh, no, it's
0: good it, it, it's all good my friend no it's all good but uh no we can always have you on again but i got one more question for you then i'm gonna i'm gonna wrap it up um is if you could give one advice to the mortgage broker community on okay do this to make your make it make it easier on your underwriter or make it
1: easier what would it be um the number one thing would be team effort you know no Got matter it. how emotional and heated things get just don't accuse don't fight don't yell it's not productive and like i said right. earlier the most you know, I even from J, like I learned this partly because like I worked with Jason. He was one of the first like longtime broker relationships I had and super successful, like the most successful people I knew in my underwriting time were the people like him. They, they got on the phone and they they problem solved and brainstormed. They did not yell. That's probably like, you know, the number probably the number one thing. And yeah, that and just being thorough and take your time on your submission. Take take the time to, to really go through it.
0: Yeah, I love it. I mean, it's it's all stuff that I'm telling you that we probably have said before. But yeah, hearing it come from you is just—it's completely different. And I, I think the biggest thing is we all have our bad days. We're all human. We all miss things. But man, if if you could just do it as a team, it just—it just makes everything go 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 better. And you know, and I, I know the, the the backlash I'm going to get is well, sometimes the underwriters don't want it to be a team effort, or they're so set set stone. You know what? Fill out a name escalation. Let us help you out. Let us let us help you out and fix it. But knowing most of the underwriters I spoke speak to on a daily basis, that's probably not the case.
1: Yeah, and it, and that's totally right. Like, you know, every, not every underwriter is going to be like gold star, like elite client service specialist. They could be having a bad day. Who knows? Like, and it's one of those things where it's like, um, just you know, kind of taking a step back like you said, realizing everyone's human. And like um, when you really start to think about like there's other ways, you know, I've done escalations. I do escalations all the time, like on things. And it's, there are, there are tools available to, to work, to, you know, help, help everybody get to that closing table. Um, And yeah, I think like, with taking time on your submission, like the biggest thing is like, what questions would you ask? You know, because if you if you get it to somebody, to an under, if you submit a loan to an underwriter, and you have thought about like what they might ask about, you're they're gonna have way less questions. Like I, um, some of the brokers I used to underwrite with would send sheets, would type up like Word docs, and like I don't do that, but like <laughs> those people's loans were always super super clean. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, I think you're right. If you just take your time and not just, hey, how fast can I submit this, but how 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 much quality I can put into it, I, I agree with you. That goes a long way.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. So well, hey, listen, Ethan, thank you for your time. I I, I thank you so much. I appreciate it. This is a uh this is a one-time, once in a lifetime podcast I'm doing because I'm <laughs> doing it from the road. Uh, we had a couple technical difficulties, but nothing bad. You, you hung in like a trooper, um, and I really appreciate your time today.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for having me on, Mark. I really, really had a good time. Was, this is really cool. <laughs> Thanks. You
0: never know. This might be this might be part one of sixteen. You never know because we always love hearing <laughs> from hearing from different point of views. But, but once again, thank you, my friend.
1: Yeah, thank you so much.
0: No problem. So brokers. If you want to get caught up on all of our past podcast episodes, please head over to aimgroup.com backslash broker to broker. You can also listen to all of the broker to broker podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, Apple, anywhere we can get a podcast. Do me a favor, download it, leave a review. Um, it helps us get the podcast out there and spread the word that brokers are better. And Ethan, you're one of my friend. And once again, thank you for your time today.
1: Yeah. Thank you. Thanks again.
0: Attention brokers. Step up to the plate and knock it out of the park at the largest annual gathering of independent mortgage professionals in the country, AIM's sixth annual FUSE National Conference. Katie Sweeney, Matt Ishbia, Renee Rodriguez, Dale Vermillion, and Todd Duncan, round out an all-star lineup of mortgage masters. Network with thousands of MVP wholesale mortgage professionals and the industry's top brass lenders and vendors. Gear up your team and your business with electrifying keynote speakers, hands-on summit sessions, major mortgage news and historic announcements. Get the lowest price of the season and save $200. Get your tickets at aimgroup.com backslash events. That is aimgroup.com backslash events.